2: we shall pay any price bear any burden meet any hardship support any friend oppose any foe
0: to assure the survival and the success of liberty american prosperity
2: is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world an obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers
0: It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together and uh, so much happening in the world. Um, I have to say... um, I did not see the uh, Republican debate the other night. Um, so I don't have much to say on that. I, I've only seen what, um, uh, has been covered, um, by the, uh, press, which is, you know, it's not the same thing as actually knowing, um, what is, um, happening and believing any of it. So, um, I don't know that I do. Um, so I'm not going to worry about that, but listen today. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things. And one of the very important, uh, things that I want to spend some time talking about is the um, what happened in Ohio, what happened in Ohio a couple of days ago. uh, And also, we'll later on in the segment, I will talk about January 6th and a a story that I saw that I want to put together for you. But I I want to caution you about what has been the coverage uh, has been breathless across the country. And the coverage goes like this. Pro-life is a bad issue for Republicans. They have to get over it and move on. Pro-life is really bad for Republicans. They have to bad. Suburban voters don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. It's pure nonsense. It's a game that's done uh, regularly on this topic of of life. They try to say, oh, if you want to, if you talk about life issues, you're going to lose voters, blah, blah, blah. It's nonsense. What happened in Ohio, let's just talk about Ohio, is it looks like the pro-abortion people had about $75 million to spend on their side. And the, the, uh, conservatives had maybe 15 million, something like that. So outspent five to one. That's, it looks like it's right. And that's probably just the numbers we know publicly because a lot of things would be spent privately. But here's the truth. The truth is that the liberal side, the far left, the Democrats, whatever you want to call them are winning because why? Because they're, they have the money and then they spend the money. And they have the boots on the ground and then they spend the money. And so the only way to win elections is to turn out voters. Now, people realize that Donald Trump will be the ultimate turnout machine next year, both before for and against him. But there won't be a, a, a Democrat, a Republican who doesn't go out and vote on that election. But in between, what happens to get voters out is not magic uh, uh ballot harvesting. There's nothing magic about ballot harvesting, in fact, it's the opposite of magic. It's, it's more work. But what the Republicans and the conservatives do is they say, well, we'll win on the, we'll win on the, uh, uh, on the issues. We'll, we'll win on messaging. Here's the problem that is facing the so-called conservative movement. Get out the vote requires hard work and organization. It requires parties that actually organize all year round and then get out the vote. I have to tell you, in the, in the neighborhood where I live, this precinct I live, it was really organized and the vote was pretty good, pretty good at get out the vote, but it's only one precinct. But, you know, for example, let me explain to you what's missing on the field of battle. The missing on the, the political field of battle, for example, is the army of the NRA. The NRA has is a shadow of it, what it used to be. And the NRA was primarily primarily a very sophisticated get out the vote effort. They knew who their people were. They repeatedly contacted them and they got them out. The pro-life movement, national right to life, state level right to life efforts, organized efforts for pro-life. They would get out the vote. It wasn't about messaging. It was get out the vote. I already know where you are. I had this example given to me. If you go to a Catholic church, for example, and somebody goes to church every Sunday, Let's say 100 people go to church every Sunday and you can look at that 100 people, 75 of those 100 will vote pro-life, vote vote, vote pro-life. So you don't have to go and talk to, you know, 500 other people that don't go to church but call themselves Catholic and try to persuade them. You don't even have to go get the 25 that are there out of the 100 and persuade them. You just got to make sure that the 75 vote and that the 75 are repeatedly contacted and helped to vote. That's what's missing. It's called, and what we, we talk about in politics, a ground game. Get out to vote, ground game. It's not that clever. It is hard work. So what happens in Ohio is that five times as much money is there, and you can't buy messaging to overcome that. You just can't. And it's still, I think, only one fifty-five forty-five, the bad guy side. So there's a couple things that have to happen going into the next election. So like every election. Everybody has to realize, oh, and, oh, excuse me, let me pause. The other thing that's missing is the party structure. The party structure is not, and nobody's saying why. Do you know why the party structure is not working and why it's so uh, weak? It's not because Ronna McDaniels is incompetent. Ronna McDaniels is incompetent. I kind of think she is. It's because the system is rigged against the party structure. In the old days, you had to go through a party, usually state level, sometimes county level, in order to move... The money that you needed in order to try to make the election work. So let's say you're running for a U.S. Senate and U.S. Senate senator says, but we got to we got to get out the vote. What are we going to do? Well, we can only raise this amount of money and we have to use the party structure. Let's we got to ask you, Senator, can you please go raise some money to the state party? They're going to get out the vote and then they're going to organize people to get out the vote. That doesn't happen anymore because of the change in the law, the campaign finance laws, predominantly Citizens United and others. What happens is every single campaign for U.S. Senate, for example, has its own super PAC that is focused only on the senator. And so the party structure is weakened to the point of being non-existent. in states. You have state parties that should be building organizations and getting out the vote and working in coalitions. And they have $200,000, $300,000 won a campaign in Ohio, just on the issue of abortion, and there were lots of other races, but just on the issue of abortion was $100 million. And you've got party structures that may raise a million, but you can't compete and, you're not, and that's not their job. Their job now, because of the way the structure is, is to try to get the candidates to talk to each other and to message right if they can. And there's no party structure. So the combination of get out the vote from groups like the NRA, National Right to Life, other organizations, and the absolutely weakened party structures means that there's nothing you can do. There's not enough boots on the ground. There's not enough people that are out there that can uh, organize. And the other side has what? They have built-in advantage for get out the vote teachers unions, other unions, government workers, and then Planned Parenthood, and then all the social network, all the social work networks that take the day off and are happy to do it. And then they have five times as much money. Why? Because the Democrats know if they win, they get more money. They're not, they're not embarrassed by that. If they win, they take more money from us. If they win, when they win, they take more money. That's every time they grow the size of government. They grow the payments of government the transfer payments to their organizations, to their entities, to their people, and they grow them over and over again every time they do it. Theirs is a return on investment thing. They look at it and they say, hey, look, here's what we have to invest. We've got to be, um, we've got to, you know, go ahead. We've got to uh, build this out so that we can win. And then our return on investment will be great. It will be great. It's um, It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see and uh, and wonder at why nobody's serious about it. And here's one trick. I, I worry about President Trump and his campaign because they know that there's such intensity of voters on their side. President Trump doesn't have to worry about get out the vote, but he should. He should, meaning he doesn't have to worry about his people voting, but he should worry about the coalition that builds up around him. That builds up. And, you you know, the NRA is a shadow of what it was in large part because it's been attacked by the same attorney general that is attacking Trump up in New York, Letitia James. It's a concerted effort to tie up the get out the vote. And I will say the pro-life movement has not has not had a vision on what to do after Dobbs. But they also have been running out of steam for a while. A lot of these organizations have a lot of them. A lot of the movement conservatives have sort of run out of steam. That's just the reality. And you got to figure out what the, the the way forward is and how to do it. <clears throat> but it's not going to be by better messaging and it's not going to be by digital. It's going to be by get out the vote. And, and it, it may be that messaging helps. It may be that digital helps, but the only thing that gets people out to vote over and over again is voter contact. And again, that could be digital, but it won't only be digital. It could be TV ads, but it won't only be TV ads. And what you have to have is coalitions built out to make the argument on these issues and then to go vote it to go vote it and not be dumb. You you run an ad on a radio station in, in suburban Cleveland trying to convince someone that Planned Parenthood is not about healthcare services. You, you're just you're preaching to a choir of people, a thousand people, 900 of whom aren't going to move. And the more important thing is, well, that's not fair. Whatever number is not going to move. They're, and more important than, well, you need to go to the 400 people Let's say that you pitch to 1,000 people. 400 are going to never move on abortion uh, for it and against it. It's 800. You could play all, waste all your time on the 200, or you could go make your 400 move to the polls. That should be the goal. That's get out the vote. That's how you win. All right, that's what you need to know. We'll take a break. It's Ed Martin, Pro America Report. That's what's going on in Ohio. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the press. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, very, very interesting woman, Dr. Phyllis Chesler. Uh, she is a longtime professor of psychology over at the City University of New York, uh, best-selling author, uh, legendary, the word was uh, uh, sent to me, feminist leader, and has spoken about feminism, critiqued feminism, spoken about lots of aspects of uh, what's happened in the world. But in particular, she came to my attention because um, she has spoken about feminists the movement's failure uh, especially in light of what's happening in israel to women and girls there and what's happening uh with muslim women worldwide so it's an interesting perspective where i think the opposites can come around and uh, bump into each other in terms of thinking more clearly so uh first of all welcome to the program dr chesler how are you okay my pleasure to be with you so what tell me um about your observations. Maybe this is crazy to say because there's no way to do this, but before October 7th, you still had a l- deep critique of what was going on. But October 7th would would, would sort of sh- would sharpen the, the, the edge, wouldn't it? Didn't it? Yes, because it was a pogrom
3: on steroids mm-hmm. committed, funded by Iran. And they, as we know, are the largest state funder of terrorism worldwide, and America should be not appeasing them and not funding them, but taking them on and taking them down. As I see it, October 7th made World War III far more visible, coming our way. And we've learned in history, if you appease a bully, the price is much higher when you finally have to fight this bully. So October 7th, even though over the years feminists are all different from each other, not all the same, just as other groups, right. but I was disgusted. I wasn't surprised, but I was really enraged by the silence of feminists given the heinous rapes of Israeli girls and women. Mm. Not to mention the beheading and putting babies in ovens
1: and uh, murdering everyone. So, for- the, uh, the, the, the 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 Dr. Chester, sorry to interrupt, but the, the is it is it um is it something about the? I mean, evil is all is present in all sorts of things and places and people that it, it, it will happen. But is there something about the system that is around? islam and fundamentalist islam is it something about the system of the secular world in america we have young women and men and and otherwise bright intellectuals not young who are protesting in favor not just of innocent people but of hamas and and you say to yourself how can this there's something wrong it's like almost mental illness to me it it is it's a The big lies
3: have indoctrinated so many people, and for six decades, Uh, funding has come to American universities, to the United Nations, to human rights groups that teach everyone, including feminists, but not only, that America is the most evil country on earth and that Israel is next in line and that we have committed the gravest crimes in human history because they do not understand, for example, that is Islam is the largest practitioner of both gender and religious apartheid and has long and slavery and anti-black slavery and sex slavery, both white and black. So there's a level of ignorance and delusion and indoctrination that accounts for you have young, empowered women in hijab, whether they're Muslim or not. And there they are celebrating the torture, live-streamed torture. There they are ripping down posters of children who've been kidnapped. It is it is beyond belief, as you mm-hmm. say, but this has been a long time coming. I've been tracking it. Uh, and it's not just feminist, but you would think Feminists of the anti rape, anti sexual harassment, Me Too movement, to all credit, that um, <clears throat> it's okay that we, including myself, uh, came out for against the Bosnian women, the Rwandan women, the Yazidi women, the Afghan women. The Ukrainian women who were raped, which even the United Nations, which we shouldn't fund anymore. We should leave it. Uh, Even the United Nations said that rape in a war zone is a crime. It's a crime. But when it came to Israeli women being raped, uh, there was silence. It was not a crime. Hmm. And uh, and in the name of anti-racism, you have large numbers of Westerners hating who? They hate the Jews and they hate Christians and they hate religion. And it is the the moral compass is lost.
1: Totally um, law. Dr. Phyllis Chessler is our, our guest and uh, her, her writing is prolific on her website, uh, phyllis-chessler.com. Her columns back for years and years and years. Amazing writing, which is, is something she shared with the other Phyllis that I know so well. Phyllis Schlafly, just mm-hmm. writing their whole lives uh, uh, and and clarifying things. Um, and, and so but um, when you look at our universities, you've written a little bit on this and you've talked about it. But and what's happened in the last five weeks. Um I think you would have said, well, I don't know. I want to say something like uh, lots of people think that the university's made great progress. Uh, there are more more women in school, more uh, programs that are open, all kinds of things, progress. But when you see that uh, what's happened, I mean, starkly what's happened in terms of the conduct of students and faculty at major, mm-hmm. major schools, it it's I'm not sure you can save these places. Can you? No, uh I- I'm sorry to say I wish I
3: didn't have to say, Mm. but indeed, it's many generations of both professors and now retired professors and students and now students who've become professors who believe with their whole hearts that um, imperialism, colonialism, um, slavery are the crimes. Of the West, of the enlightened West, the only place that fought a war to abolish slavery—that's right, right. America and <laughs> England—that right. they are the the worst countries on earth, which shows, and and I think as a psychologist that the the fearfulness around uh, a nuclear Iran, the fearfulness. Uh, I, I think people are not just brainwashed, they're terrorized and they would rather have Israel do the fighting for the West and die and have Israel fight for Western values and die rather than themselves, because as they see it, the Jews deserve to die. They love mm-hmm. dead Jews, as as has been said. And this is horrifying. And it indeed, the universities have turned this out. The textbooks have turned this out. The curricula, in fact, I looked at uh textbooks about prejudice right. at different universities. Guess what? Huh. There's practically nothing about Islamic Jew hatred or about Jew hatred. And when you say and Islamophobia, as we know, is fake. It's not real. Right. Uh when you have uh, Hamas like barbarians, ghouls doing what they do and live streaming it, proudly, um Is it Islam? Well, some religious Muslims with whom I work say it's not, that they're picking and choosing their fundamentalism and they're finding texts that are problematic and that should be reinterpreted. I believe them. I think that's possible. Okay. But the mullahs are totalitarian misogynists and haters of the first water, and this is what they teach. Yeah. You know, and how do you, how do you deprogram generations? Yeah,
1: what what, what I fi- what I find stunning, and and I, unfortunately, I have to leave it here. And and your perspective, maybe maybe could write on this. And we're talking with Dr. Phyllis Chessler, because you're many decades teaching, as well as being a professional writer and a professional uh, psychologist. But teaching at at City University of New York, you know, a major um. school. But what what I find it, what I find uh, you know insane is if you went to the university, you and I went to the University of Alabama right now, and we started a a a, a I don't know white supremacy club or a KKK <laughs> chapter, and, and everyone would say no 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 you can't do that that's that's bigoted go to harvard and you can start an you know an organization to promote hatred of the jews and yet the criticisms it, will be that the people in the south are anti-semitic or that republicans are anti-semitic and you say to yourself like look i'm, I'm against any bigotry of anybody whatever party you come out of i don't mind i'm, I'm willing to condemn it but you just kind of look at it and 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 that gets back to this and this is the power <laughs> of the media that frames things and and uh and also, manages them yeah so i'm i'm very sorry I, I i took the last uh 30 seconds but i wanted to respond i have to go i'm up against a hard deadline dr phyllis chesler i'll have her back on again extraordinary uh, conversation and we'll take a break though we'll be right back ed martin pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Haven't talked to John Schlafly in a while. John Schlafly, of course, is one of the uh, senior officials, senior uh, leaders of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and the various organizations. He worked with his mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for decades and decades uh, with her on her writings, on her um, many uh, political endeavors. And he also has continued her work, her weekly column. Uh, The Schlafly Report is done by John and Andy Schlafly. Appears over at townhall.com, as well as available at phyllisschlafly.com. Dave, Dems despair as Trump surges. Well, John, I always catch you on this, or I don't always, but I say, okay, the column posted on Tuesday, but the media on Wednesday morning wanted to tell us, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, the, the governor of Kentucky, a Democrat, won re-election, and, uh, and Yunkin in Virginia couldn't pull it off, and uh, so they wanted to muddy the waters. I, I don't see it that way. I see what your column says, which is uh, Biden is, is tanking, and the Democrats don't know what to do.
2: Well, the... These- These new polls came out Sunday, and all the media spent Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth about the results of these polls, which were devastating to Biden in many different ways. And the idea that Trump is actually winning in the key states, I mean, this is regarded as a threat to democracy and all of that stuff. So they don't know what to do. Uh, They'd like to have Biden step down and be replaced by somebody, but there's no clear successor. And who could, and so they're just in a dilemma. And so we talked about that. Um, It's remarkable that with all of the legal assault against Trump, he's standing tall still to this day. Now, admittedly, it's election is going to be close no matter what happens. Right. Uh, Either side is probably just going to edge ahead by a few votes in a few states. And that's reality hasn't really changed and yeah. we have to take account of what happened in tuesday's elections uh trump wasn't on the ballot and but more important he wasn't there defining the issues right and instead, right. there was a tremendous assault a well-financed multi-million dollar uh, campaign in each of those states uh to hone in on getting out the loosely connected democratic leaning vote in those states focusing on the abortion issue and you know that as a financial investment you have to say the money talks and that's uh, that's what i'd attribute those results to it's yeah. the fact of uh- money uh so John some of the money, uh, money uh, was 10 uh,
1: times as much. Oh, I yeah, I want to com- I want to come back to that. You can yeah, you can be the best messenger in the world, have great messaging. If you're outspent 10 to 1, I mean it, <laughs> the the other side doesn't have to be right uh, uh only one time and 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 they can be pounding a message 10 to 1. But John, I want to go back to something else. Uh your mother was famous for um many things, but maybe one of one of her earliest um uh, of her inner career was the book, A Choice, Not an Echo, in which people that don't know that book and people that do know what I'm about to say, but they, the, the choice not an echo was a reference to the fact that the, the kingmakers had kept choosing losers and uh, and they were echoes of the past. These sort of echoes you can it's easy to do in the modern era. They get a guy like McCain and Romney and all these echoes of the past. No one gets energized. No one gets motivated. And
2: well, but, what, well, what? E- echoes echoes of the Democratic Party so that there were the people who believe in a bipartisan foreign policy okay fair that's and, better
1: that's better And, that's, and
2: uh, that's when Phyllis said no we have two parties and we need to have an alternative a choice on the issues that americans care about starting with the foreign policy issues and
1: that's and that's, uh, what, and, that's what, and that's what i want to add. that's what i want to say to you that's what i want to ask you is um w- w- this in this ele- coming election it, you know, even last night or, or yeah, last night, the debate, the, the, these dopes are talking about cutting Medicare, cutting Social Security, Republicans. And, and happily, the media covered it and said Trump has always said he would never do that. But similarly, almost every candidate is talking about wars. We've got to fight wars. We've got to engage and all. And and Trump is this candidate of non-intervention is the old phrase you'd use it. But it's a pretty stark comparison. And and the other part of this, John, you mentioned uh, after all the indictments of Donald Trump uh, Um, I think people, uh, Martin Scarelli was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you saw it, but it's extraordinary interview. And and this young man who served jail time for running a big business, a pharma business, and basically being the way it's described, targeted by the DOJ and Hillary Clinton and all. But he basically said one of the reasons Trump is well liked in prison is because a lot of people look up and go, they're they're targeting him like they targeted a lot of Americans. And there's a dynamic going on here where the only one on the public stage who has these positions, is Trump. He's the only one in either party that's against the wars. He's the only one in either party who's saying the game is rigged. Because if you're Biden, the game is rigged, and your son is a multimillionaire, and your brother's a multimillionaire, and your sister's a multimillionaire. And if you're Mitch McConnell, your wife is a multibillionaire. And so the public looks up and says, that guy is more like me.
2: Yes. And Trump, of course, he's the only person who went into politics and ended up Worse off financially. I mean, the cost to the Trump family for Trump running as president and serving as president is has to be ranked in the tens of millions of dollars. And imagine the cost of defending these lawsuits he's doing. And yet, his you know his rivals and primarily the Biden family, you know they become multimillionaires as a result of their service in office. So there's a that's a kind of. Uh, Corruption that I think will eventually reach many Americans. They, and and uh, you know, Trump is a really a public spirited person. He's certainly not doing this for his own financial benefit, because there is no financial benefit to himself. It's cost him. Uh, and I think you know everyone agrees that if Trump were not running for re-election, this I mean, yeah, all these yeah. all these indictments and uh, and lawsuits and things, they'd go away they go away. Yeah. And uh so it's clear they're being brought for political reasons against Trump. And that's a uh, complete abuse and perversion of our justice system that that is taking place.
1: Sean, um, the again, you 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 observed your mother at certain points in her life, late philosophically, being very prominent publicly. And I imagine I've never really thought to ask you about it. I didn't ask her, I don't think, about you know, public safety concerns that you would have had at certain points in history. Um, but you watched like the the current intensity of the public discussions. So what made me think of that was uh, Catherine Engelbrecht is uh, going through one of the lawfare things. And she was asking, I was encouraging her by text. And I remember that the late Phyllis Schlafly used to say a prayer uh, before she would go into these arguments and then debates. And it was uh, from the malignant enemy. Defend me was the phrase she used. And she said in one of the debates, uh, one of her opponents said, I'd like to burn you at the stake. And Phyllis would laugh about it as she told the story. Um, but we're watching the intensity of the the public discourse On one side, Hillary Clinton called Trump in the last 48 hours Hitler specifically. And as you and I both know, if someone is Hitler, if you think someone's Hitler, you are morally obliged to stop Hitler. That's that we've gone past this. How worried are you, John, uh, about Trump's safety, RFK Jr.'s Safety, the the, uh, people's safety when somebody like Hillary Clinton can use language like that?
2: Well, it, it is. You're, you're right. It is a concern. And uh, Trump, as a former president, does have Secret Service protection. Although, you know, Ed, you and I have uh, been at events, and it's very light protection, it right. seems to me. It is not. He really needs more protection than he has. Yep. And Trump and R. K. Junior. doesn't have any. He mm-hmm. asked for it, but is apparently the President Biden has the authority to either grant it or or deny it, and he's denied it. So uh, he's at risk. And a lot of people are are at risk from physical violence in our society today. It's a concern. It it is. uh, You know, when she was at most risk, it really was quite a few years ago. And at one point in the 1980s, uh, some creeped, uh, shoved a pie in her face, and that was – she was slightly injured by that, but uh, she w- it was it was a concern. And, different era. was a, era. And it it was, was a there was, different era. There was a popular TV show that had a that uh, depicted Phyllis with a as being the victim of an assault, and that was uh, considered as somebody who might want to engage in a copycat attack. Hmm. Oh. so we were very very concerned about stuff like that years ago. Well, we still face it now with others.
1: Well, you know, and, and my point, John, is uh, John Schlafly is our guest. I'm up against the deadline, so we got to go. But it is that um, the rhetoric's gone so bad and it's not confronted. I mean, when when Hillary Clinton, former secretary of state, former U.S. senator, former first lady, former nominee for a party can say so and so is Hitler and not be challenged and not have it, de- you know, uh, unpacked. There's a lot of disagreements you can have with Donald Trump. I happen to not think he's that conservative or conservative enough for me. But uh, but the idea of calling him Hitler is an invitation for violence. And and they know what they're doing and the media knows how they're doing it and it's um it is uh, beyond anything we've ever seen so we've got to run john schlafly everybody read his column over at phyllis archive there uh, we'll take a break and be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment
0: this is the phyllis schlafly report presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of phyllis schlafly And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly.
4: The word village is the progressive's metaphor for the theory that the government, speaking through judges, psychologists, school personnel, and social workers, should supervise child rearing rather than parents. These government busybodies have co-opted the centuries-old meaning of the phrase the best interest of the child to justify a judge rather than parents making all decisions about children. Millions of divorced dads have discovered that a judge on his own can decide that fathers have no right to see their kids but must pay child support anyway. Many of our social ills are attributable to children being cut off from a relationship with their dads. Feminists don't want fathers to have custody of their own children. Feminists think child care should be paid for by the taxpayers. So feminists constantly lobby for government daycare. You might think that the court intervenes only when there is a nasty divorce conflict or when a parent has some serious fault, such as being a drug addict, But that is not true. No family is safe from a judge's personal decision. When the popularly elected San Francisco sheriff had an argument with his wife, the authorities decided to bust up his marriage. Neither husband nor wife complained, and both wondered why it was anybody's business. The city liberals all said that his family was everybody's business so he was hit with a one-year restraining order preventing him from seeing his wife and child. He had to call on all his political friends to avoid losing his city job. Even if you are a libertarian who believes in writing your own marriage contract, the law makes it impossible to make a binding agreement for joint custody of your own children. Any such contract can be voided and replaced with the biased opinion of one judge. Parents should be able to raise their own children, not the government, not the village, not busybody bureaucrats, and not judges.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a pro America report. Hey, I need to uh, fill you in on something very important. Uh, you're starting to see the contours of it um, come out into the public. We've been saying it for a long time, me and others. And that is this, the um, the the special counsel, Jack Smith who is uh going about um uh charging uh president trump with uh, insurrection or whatever it is and uh and it, the case is starting to have an increase in filings and that's important because uh most of us thought that um that uh, special counsel smith was not done with what he was uh doing that he was going to uh, charge more and he was going to uh try to f- uh, cause more trouble well he 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 filed a, a lengthy almost 80 pages i think filing the other day And he revealed what many of us thought. And now the media is covering. And that is this. All along, the effort to make to turn January 6th from a riot with some problems into an insurrection, all of that was done intentionally. We knew that. But it was done intentionally in a manner that built towards this. What do I mean? Well, as the cases have been adjudicated, as the cases have been prosecuted in D.C., in the district court, the judges and the prosecutors have sought to uh, memorialize and to and to sort of um, hammer into the record the details of what they say happened that day. So the article that was in Politico that covered this, actually says specifically that the the um prosecutors and the special counsel are are using they're using the um the uh um framing the lies i'd call it but the framing of the a uh, january 6th select committee Okay, so they admit that they say, actually, what we're using is the January 6th. And this article says Jack Smith, special counsel, is using the law. Now, here's my problem. The January 6th Select Committee, that's Liz Cheney, Nancy Pelosi, Benny Thompson. They were lying about everything. They destroyed documents. They didn't tell the truth. They never got to the bottom of most of the important stuff, all those kinds of things. Right. And yet here we are. We're supposed to watch and we're hearing that they're relying on that narrative to frame up the the, the prosecution of Donald Trump. So as I've told you, the narrative machine, it's not just about an interesting story. The narrative machine is being used to transform the country. So what do you get? You get the narrative machine, big government working with big media and big tech. In this case, you get big government on both sides, the Congress, the select committee, fraudulent, working with prosecutors. And then the media goes along and covers it. And big tech's the same way. So you have this lie A set of lies about January 6th, distortions of the record, uh, destruction of, of, uh, of evidence. And what the special counsel has admitted is this is our plan. We're going to tie President Trump to this lie, January 6th, and we're going to use as the building blocks for that the record that's already been created in federal court. And so all these other cases that have been charged, and here comes the Select Committee's uh, statements, and all these different things. and And the goal here is not only to persuade the public brainwash the public, it is also to cause the courts of appeals to give them a path. To say, well, it's not just uh, one guy saying it. They they had 74 uh, cases that uh, actually, um, you know, dealt with this. They had people plead guilty to it. You know, they had they had American citizens with lawyers represented and they pled guilty to obstruction of official proceeding. You you can't really object to that because but they're citizens admitting to it. And some of those citizens, by the way, when they're done admitting to it, they then say President Trump is the one that made me do it because they want a better deal. This is a very coordinated, very serious assault on what's on the country. And it's not being done uh, uh, haphazardly. It's not being done without real forethought and planning and frankly, effectiveness. I mean, it is a very effective plan to undertake to lay out this way when you think through How you have not one, it's not like you have one case, you know, that the special counsel goes in and says, hey, there was one case over here. We got this guy. No, they got dozens and dozens of cases. They've got public hearings. They've got the media. They've got juries. They've got juries that say, oh, yeah, this is what we decided. And so, you know, all these are data points that are trying to be used and they're based on a lie. That's the problem. Data points in and of themselves aren't bad, but they're based on a lie. And the, the narrative machine is such that the people who should object, lawyers saying the system isn't working right, media saying, wait a second, we could cover this and then break a story. This isn't true. Big tech, I suppose. Congress. Where's Congress? Where's the U.S. senators? They're all hiding under their desks. Both party, both parties. And it's a huge danger for this country. It's a massive problem for this country, that this is being allowed to go forward this way and that people are being put in this position in this manner. And again, it's not ineffective. It is effective. It's effective. It's working. And it may work down to the end. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. That's all we've got. Thank you as always to Mason Mohan, Ryan Height, uh, two of our guys who do a great job of producing the program. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Don't visit, don't forget, visit proamericoreport.com and we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.